0: Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Nothing like a little bit of low end to wake you up this morning. Uh, if anybody likes bass, we are the church for that because uh, I like some bass. And anyways, hey, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us. We've been in this series called Wisdom over the last couple of weeks and just been talking about some principles that we can apply to our lives to live Some extremely wise lives and and we've been looking at the book of Proverbs and Proverbs has got some incredible, incredible principles for our lives if we will apply them that are are true for every single one of us in life. And what I've found is, is that we all have patterns in life that seem to sabotage relationships, careers. They sabotage a, a lot of the the major aspects of our lives, and we don't even really recognize the patterns that are at work in our life. And throughout the Bible, as you start reading scripture, as you start seeing and really diving into the Word of God, you'll see that God is really concerned about who you're becoming in life. And, and, and the things that, that are happening in your life are based on who you're becoming in your life. And so as I was studying this week, I was thinking about what I was going to talk about. I had a whole bunch of different thoughts going on throughout my mind. And, and I just really felt like it was really confirmed that I was supposed to talk about this one area that I've seen sabotage probably more things in my life and more things in other people's lives that they don't even realize is really transpiring inside of them. Um, and and this, this thing that we're going to talk about this week is this area of pride. And there are so many scriptures in the book of Proverbs, it, it would be easy just to list out probably 30 or 40 scriptures on pride. Uh, but I'll try to narrow it down to two. And the first one is this. And we're gonna, I'm going to talk about them real quick. Proverbs 29, 23. Pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. And Proverbs 16, 18 it says pride precedes destruction. An arrogant spirit gives way to a nasty fall. Now, um... Prod is an, is an interesting thing. It is uh, something that isn't real detectable in our own lives, uh, but is very, very visible in other people's lives. And so we've seen prideful people, and uh, we've seen them on the course for a train wreck. Anybody ever seen a prideful person about ready to take that stumble and fall? Isn't that like the best feeling in the world? Just be honest. You know you like it. Don't lie. I, I, I know it. I'm like, yeah, they're finally getting, like they're going to get humbled in this moment. You know, that's what you think in your mind. It's a terrible thought, but it happens. And, and so um, this is an area that I've struggled with big time in my life. And a couple years ago, there was a big youth kind of event center in Pompano Beach called Rocket Town. And our, our youth met there. We didn't, we didn't have offices or anything at the time. And so our, our youth met there. And uh, they would put on these big concert venues. And, and I had convinced... The people that ran this organization, they were putting on this huge concert. It was all of the uh, what I would call emo kids that were coming to this concert. They were expecting six to 800 kids at this concert. And when I say emo, that means the highly emotional kids of the day. The, the, the 12 to the 22-year-olds that dress in all black kind of have really pale... Uh, makeup on with black eyeliner you know black clothes silver jewelry all that kind of stuff they like music that's like and that meant i love you and and they decipher that and so like you know they're 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 coming to this venue and and i start selling myself i mean i i i I speak in public basically for a living. I'm like, man, I can connect with these youth, man. I can connect with these teenagers. And like, man, we need to present the gospel to them. And and so I am selling myself to this venue. And finally, they're like, man, this guy guy really believes a lot in himself. No, really. It's just a lot of pride. And as I started hyping myself, and I can become my own ultimate hype man, I started believing the hype. Have you ever gotten to that point in your life where you start believing your own hype? That is a bad place to be. And so I started believing my own hype and I started hyping myself even more and so it comes concert night they're gonna let me speak right before the main band goes and the main band's name is enter uh, shikari and they're this huge emo kind of band screamer band like rah you know that kind of stuff that you don't understand anything they're saying but all the kids know all the words I don't know how that works uh and, and, and so, like, it's intermission. The only problem is, is the major artist at that time is a lady named Shakira. Anybody heard of Shakira? Shakira, Shakira, you know that thing. You guys have all seen that. I know that that's going to be impressioned in your mind, and it's going to ruin you for the rest of your life. There's counseling after service right back there. Uh, we'll pray for you. Um, and so, you know, that, like, so Shakira's huge. And, and in my mind, it's like, whatever, and like the guy that's running the venue, he's like, whatever you do, do not say Shakira. Whatever you do, do not say Shakira. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to say Shakira. I'm going to enter Shakira. Man, I'm going to get up there. These kids are going to be eating out of my hand. It's going to be amazing. I get up there. I go, what's up, guys? You guys ready for for, enter Shakira? And you want to see a group of 12 to 22-year-olds turn on you fast. Call the band that's supposed to be named Shakari Shakira, the Latin pop star. And all of a sudden, there was some hate coming out. Like, they're going to kill my mom. Like, it was brutal. In fact, I, I got booed off of the stage. It was that bad. It was probably like the lowest moment of my life. I, like, and, and like I had to walk through the crowd to get off of the stage. And so it was, it was terrible. But this is what I know is that this verse that said pride ends in humiliation. And uh, arrogant spirit always leads to a nasty fall. It, it's not just some nice saying; It's some truth in life. And if I were to look at the bottom of most of our life mistakes, if I were to get to the bottom of most of our relational mistakes, probably the foundation for the majority of those would be this area of pride. It would be the thing that is kind of everything else is built on. In fact, interesting kind of stat here is I've been in ministry for 19 years. And in my 19 years, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, hey, TJ, like I'm really struggling with this anger issue. Hey, TJ, I'm really struggling with this, this area of lust in my life. I'm really struggling with this addiction. I'm really struggling in my finances. I've yet, in my 19 years of ministry, had one person come to me and say, you know what, Pastor TJ, I'm really struggling with this area of pride. 19 years. Nobody. I think there's a couple reasons for that. One, I think it's just really, really hard to see pride in ourselves. It's easy for us to see it in other people. Like, we can point out pride a mile away, but when it's in our life, man, it is really, really hard to see. Another reason I think uh, that that, that's a little different is just because of our culture today, while pride might be seen as something that's a little annoying to some people, the reality is is that pride is actually a lot of times seen as a virtue. Like, that's just a a high-level, high-achieving, driven, confident, strong Person, And so we just kind of write that off. The problem with that is the Bible teaches us that pride is not only lethal to our life and not only is it lethal to our relationship with other people, but it's extremely lethal to our relationship with God. That's why it leads to so much destruction and so much humiliation in our life. And so what I want to do for the next couple of minutes, because it is so hard for us to see in ourselves, is I want us to take some time and really dig into what pride is and what are some of the areas that we might be struggling with in pride and evaluate ourselves and and kind of figure out, like, where do I fall? Because this isn't an epidemic that's just limited to a little bit of us or a few of us. This is a contagion that has engulfed all of us. In some form or certain fashion. And so I, I know that some of you guys are overachievers and you're like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and evaluate myself. And you're in a rush. Listen, don't be, don't be in a rush and be prideful. That's a bad combo. Okay, so stick with us. And when we get to it, evaluate yourself in the notes. And so here are some different forms of pride that we need to evaluate. The first one is this form of self How do you know if this is you? When you get with one of your friends and they're like, hey, do you remember this? And they take out their phone and they go and they bring up an old picture of an event that happened. And you guys are looking at that picture. And they're talking about the scene that was going on. And and the people and the atmosphere and how much fun you were having. And the entire time that they're talking, you're acting like you're paying attention to them. But all you're focused on is your face in that picture. You might be a little self-centered. Or... You go out, and you're with your friends or whatever, and you take a selfie with them, you and your your girl. Let's just say it's your girls, because the girls I like to pick on. And so you take your picture of that selfie of you and your your other three girls, and so there's four of you in that picture. And you look at it, and you're like, man, this picture is amazing. But the other three girls have their eyes closed. It's only amazing because you look cute and fly in that picture. Might be a little self-centered. Or, or how about, have you ever ended a conversation with somebody and said, oh, that was a really good conversation, except I wish they would have just talked a little bit more about me? Or when you're making decisions, do you put it into the, th- the filter of "Does this, how does this affect me rather than how does this affect we? See, pride will always whisper to us, it's all about you. If it doesn't suit your needs, don't worry about it. If it doesn't, if it isn't good for you, just kind of slough it off. But I put it on your outline like this. Love without sacrifice is like theft. See, love, we're called to love in every single relationship. The problem is is we want to be loved, and so what we do is we just steal love from everybody else and center on ourselves. And if we don't love, it's like theft because what we're so desperately longing for doesn't come from what we can get from other people. It comes from what we can give to others. And so many of us miss that. And what happens is is all of our life we walk around and we're preoccupied with ourselves. And so I put it on your outline there. Um, Are are you very preoccupied? And so when you're thinking, are you always thinking about yourself and your needs and your wants and your desires? Is that the the focus of your attention? Or is the focus of your attention on other people and other people's needs and looking for those things? Evaluate yourself. Where do you fall in that category? Where do you fall in that spectrum? The second one is self-reliance self-reliance. And most people don't think about this as prideful, but have you ever wondered why you have a really, really difficult time asking other people for help? You want to know why? It's pride. And the bottom line is you think you can make it through this life without getting help from other people. And I believe that this is one of the greatest community killers that's out there. And I'm going to say something to some of you guys here today that, that is going to be uh offensive maybe it might tick you off a little bit but somebody needs to say it to you and I'm going to say it um, unapologetically but I want to say it with love and compassion and grace Um, some of you guys today you need to know that you cannot overcome that addiction by yourself and you need to humble yourself today some of you all you're dealing with some marriage trouble today and you need to know that you're not going to overcome that marriage difficulty Unless you go to a counselor and you need to humble yourself today. Some of you, you're dealing with, you're dealing with some uh, anger issues. You're dealing with some depression issues. Some of you are dealing with some anxiety. Some of you are, 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 are dealing with uh, worry in your life. And today you need to humble yourself and seek the help of some friends Some of you think you can live this life without fully submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And today, more than anything, you need to humble yourselves. And when we have this pride of self-reliance in our life, not only do we fail to see the need of redemption in our lives and the opportunities for growth in our lives, but what happens is, is our self becomes God. We become the God of our life, and the God of the universe ends up getting pushed out of our life. In fact, in Psalms 10, verse 4, it says this, In pride the wicked man does not seek him. It says in our pride, we don't seek God. In all of his thoughts, there's no room for God. And what happens is, is when we have this self-reliance, we think, man, I can take care of all this stuff, and so I don't need God, and so we push God out of the picture, and we make ourselves God. And so we need to evaluate that and go, where do I fall? Am I, Am I quick to humble myself? and go to other people for help or am i completely dependent on myself evaluate yourself am i only dependent on myself or do i seek the help of other people evaluate it third thing there is self deception proverbs 29 one says whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery now, what's going on is there are some people that are stubborn, and, and they have pride. And what that means is they can't be rebuked. That, can't, that means they can't be corrected in life. And what this means is, is if you're this person, you just have this problem that you can't stop defending yourself in every relationship. If you find yourself at your workplace, at your home, with your friends, with your family, constantly defending yourself, it's, it might be that this right here. Is your issue? And what happens is, is when somebody like this has an error, or they have a flaw, or they make a mistake in life, they can't ever acknowledge the presence of those things. They are in complete denial of those things, or trans, uh, happening in their life. And and the interesting thing about these people is they have rarely ever made a mistake. In fact, they have never said the words "I'm sorry" because they have never been wrong in their life. Like they just don't, like they just, doesn't happen for them. And so what happens is, is everywhere you go, you'll argue and you'll argue and you'll argue and you'll argue with your friends, you'll argue with your boss, you'll argue with your parents and and you'll just argue until eventually you win that argument. And you're so focused on winning the argument that you think that if I win the argument, it proves that I'm right. And I've seen this played out so many times. Back in the day, I used to do A a lot of counseling, and I figured out that I am not a very good counselor. Uh, Like I have one methodology for counseling, and that's straight and in your face, and that works for about two percent of people. The other ninety-eight, I just hurt more, and they have to go to more counseling. And so, like, it it took me a while to figure that out because uh, pride. Like I thought, I'm a pastor. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to supposed to counsel people, but I'm I'm not a I'm not a great therapist. That's not my role in life. And so we we send that to other pastors, and we send it out to professionals because they're professionals for a reason they understand the 98% that I don't so if you're the 2% come see me if you're the 98 go see somebody else um, and, and so but I remember like I would I would see this scenario play out over and over again it would be a husband and wife and, and what would happen is there would be some sort of conflict going on in their relationship and uh, If it was really bad, the husband would call to make a counseling appointment. He'd be like, hey, Pastor TJ, we need to meet. It's going bad. And I knew it was bad because if he called, that meant that she had like dropped the bomb of like, I'm going to leave you or so that meant he had to spring into action. And so that's what he was doing. And so we would set up a counseling appointment. Within 24 hours of that counseling appointment being made, I would get an email from her. And she would explain to me what was really going on in the situation and how she was right and how he was wrong. And how she had told him that he was wrong and she was right And what she just needed from me was to reconfirm that she was right and he was wrong And if I would just tell them that maybe out of scripture it would be awesome And so they would come in there for their counseling appointment And they would sit down and, and they would banter back and forth for 30 or 40 minutes And I'd just sit there and listen and we'd get near the end and she'd look at me And she'd give me that look like okay now is your turn to tell him he's wrong and I'm right And uh and she'd be waiting for it and she'd be like come on you're, you're gonna tell him right And what would happen is they would get so focused on winning the argument. And when you're in conflict, you need to understand this. When you're so focused on winning the argument, you can win the argument or you can win the other person's heart. But you're probably not going to do both. And pride always causes us to want, to win the argument. And if you want to win an argument, you probably can. You can argue long enough to eventually where you'll get the edge and you're going to have some sort of loophole that's going to bring you out on top. But in doing that, you're going to lose the other person's heart. It's going to cost you that relationship. And so every single time you have to think about all aspects. What is most important to me? And some of you are so focused on being right in everything that you're sabotaging your work career. You're sabotaging your family life. You're sabotaging your friendships and you don't even know it. So I'm going to teach you five words that are going to revolutionize your life. Here they are. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Five words some of you guys have never said in your life. But we're going to say them today on the count of three. Everybody together. One, two, three. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Felt good, didn't it, for some of you that never said that? I'm lying. It doesn't feel good to ever say that, does it? But the reality is, is, you know what? We're wrong sometimes. So the question is, is how good are you at admitting you're wrong? Or do you have the tendency to become defensive in every situation? Just evaluating your pride. What, are, are, where are you at? See, all this was to help us discover if we're dealing with pride. Now the question is, is how do we conquer it? How do we conquer pride in our life? And I think if we're going to conquer pride in our life, We have got to learn to acknowledge our pride. We have got to learn to acknowledge it. Proverbs 29, 23, which we looked at earlier, this is a different version. It says, pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. Now, this is what every single one of us should do. We should sit down with a close friend, and we should ask them to, with truth and gentleness, and as much transparency as possible, ask them the question Do you see pride in my life? And if so, where? Because it's like we said earlier, it's easy for us to see it in other people, it's hard for us to see it in ourselves. And we need some people in our lives that can be honest with us and can share the truth about our lives that maybe we're not real keen on hearing all the time. And I realize that when I'm talking about this, some of you guys right now, in your mind, you're thinking like, man, I really, really wish so-and-so was here. Like, I wish Jim was here right now because he deals with pride so much. Listen, this is not about Jim. This is about you. And this is about the reality that this epidemic of pride is in every single one of our lives. And the question is, is how are we going to deal with it? And the humility that we're called to cultivate in our life that the Bible is talking about is not this false sense of humility where where, when we're good looking we act like we're ugly or when we're smart we act like we're dumb or or we say like kind of crazy prayers like God make me nothing because the reality is, is if God wanted to make you nothing he would already have done that. The humility that it's talking about here is the humility of going before a holy God and going, God, show me the areas of life where pride tends to hide. God, I'm going to open up my life. Here's, here's the hu- true humility that this, this is talking about. Are you going to lower yourself to the point where you go, God, listen, I'm going to expose myself to you, and I want you to reveal the deep and the dark places and shine a light in there to the crevices that I've been closed off to for so long and start to, start to do some things there. And as we start to do that, that's where God starts to do a great work inside of us and starts to strip away some of that pride. And he helps you grow through that process. Second thing there is not only do we need to learn to acknowledge our pride, we need to learn to love instead of being loved. We need to learn to love instead of being loved. And this is a tough area because for so many of us, we're people pleasers. And and I know that this is a tough area for me. Like, I, I never set out to be a people pleaser i'm sure that most of us in here that are people pleasers never set out to be people pleasers but for us we want to be liked we want to be loved we want to be thought that we're great anybody else feel that way in life or is that just me okay there's three of us the rest of us we have lying issues steve will talk about that next week and uh there's just take notes right there there's like there's a lot of liars in here so it's okay the problem when we, we have this tendency to be a people pleaser, and I know you, you don't even know that you're a people pleaser, it's okay, uh, is that, that you end up living with all these unhealthy extremes. You you just do. And and because you're a people pleaser, you think that you're a great leader, you think that you're a great friend, you think that you're a great manager. In fact, you just think you're great at everything in life and because you have this gift to make other people think that you like them a lot you you build this culture around your life where people think that you love them a a lot but the reality is is you don't really love those people at all you just love the love that you get from them You just want their affection and their adoration in your life. And if your desire is to be loved by other people, it will always develop over time this extremely unhealthy, proud heart. But on the flip side of that, if your desire is to love other people, it always builds this heart of humility. And you have to ask yourself an honest question about your life, about your relationships, about your behavior. What is my primary motivation? Is my primary motivation to love other people or is my primary motivation to be loved by others? That's a tough question to answer. And finally, we need to learn to love instead of judge. We need to learn to love instead of judge. Proverbs 3, 34 says, he mocks proud mockers, but he gives grace to the humble. It's referring to God here. And, and, and if this is this is you, and this isn't all of us, you view life as a big movie and that you're the ultimate critic. And so you look at the the, the story of life and you're critical about all the things that you think should be different and how you want them to look and how you want them to be and, and how you know this is if you hear yourself saying things like, uh, I know this is none of my business, but this is how you know you're a critical. I know this is none of my business, but like you should never finish that sin- sentence right there. If it's none of your business, then that but needs to be the period. And what happens is we end up having this judgmental spirit, and we have got to decide which end of that verse do we want to be on. Do we want to be on the side where God mocks mockers, or do we want to be on the side where God gives grace to the humble? There is a choice for every single one of us right there. Now, what I'm not talking about here is accountability and evaluation. You need to have some people in your life. We talked about this. They can say the real things that you accept those things from. What I'm talking about is, is when you have a judgmental heart, you end up having all kinds of conflict in your life. And the reason you have it is you take this heart that is full of pride. And it becomes judgmental. And when it becomes judgmental, like we talked about last week, you lose the art of overlooking the offense of other people. And so everything that people do offends you because of your pride. The way other people vote offends you. The way other people post on their Facebook account offends you. The way other people spend their money offends you. The way other people uh, raise their kids offends you. What that person posted on Twitter this morning ruins your complete day. Why? Pride. Now what I want to do is I want to show you a verse in Matthew chapter 5 that gets explained away uh, because it forces us to do things that we just don't want to do. And so a lot of people just explain this verse away and this is what it says. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. And so Jesus is talking here and he's saying, listen, when you're on your way to church, if you're driving down the road and you remember that, man, there's some conflict between you and and a friend, instead of going to church and worshiping God, what you need to do is you need to pull off on the side of the road, turn around, figure out where that friend is and go and do whatever it takes to try to reconcile that relationship. He said, you would be better off doing that than going and worshiping at church. What he's saying is he's saying, listen, you had a fight last night with your spouse, and you're going to get up tomorrow morning, and you're going to go to work, and you're going to talk to all of your coworkers about how your spouse did you wrong. Well, instead of doing that, what Jesus is saying right here is he's saying, hey, instead of doing that, you need to call up your work and say, hey, I'm going to be an hour late, and you need to sit down with your, your spouse, and you need to talk to them and deal with that issue and reconcile. He's saying that conflict you're having with your co-worker right now, instead of grabbing your buddies at work and going to lunch and talking about them, you need to go to that co-worker that you have conflict with, invite them out to lunch, pay for their lunch, and reconcile that situation. It's what Jesus is talking about right here. And I know when I say, you need to call her, or you need to forgive them, or, or, or you need to own this in your life. From the depths of every single one of our souls, there are all kinds of excuses that always pop up, aren't there? Well, you don't understand. They did this, and she said that, and they made me feel like this, and blah, 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 blah. And what fuels all of that stuff that's popping up in your heart right now and in your mind is pride. It's what's fueling it. And what's so scary about this verse right here? What's so scary about it is not only does it, does it hurt your relationship with people and the person that there is a, a rift with, but more than that is detrimental to your relationship with God. And I know some of y'all are like, TJ, you don't understand. You just don't get it. If I had five minutes. All I need is five minutes. I can explain exactly what happened. You would see my point of view. And in fact, you would understand that as I laid this out like a perfect case, that you would, you would be on my side. That may be the case. But listen, you can build a case or you can build a bridge. So what I've learned, you can build a case or you can build a bridge. Because this is what this verse in Matthew is all about. You can build a case against somebody or you can build a bridge. And why this verse is so important is because we have a God who had every right to build a case against us. Think about your life. Think about the last seven days. If God wanted to, he could build an impeccable case, uh, every I dotted, every T cross condemning you for what you've done. And that he would win every single time. Judge and jury, guilty. Every time. But God didn't build a case, did he? He built a bridge. He built a bridge through his son, Jesus Christ. He chose to close the relational gap. Now think about this. For those of us who call ourselves Christ followers. You follow a God. Who humbled himself. Died on a cross. For your sin. Wasn't his sin that he died for. It was our sin. And now you try to move into a relationship. With this humble savior. With a heart full of pride. I'm just going to tell you, that heart of pride is always going to short-circuit that relationship. And for us to say, man, I want to be in a relationship with a humble Savior who died for my sin, but I want to hold on to this grudge against somebody else is the greatest epitome of arrogance you'll ever see. Now, I know when you think about that conflict in that life, in your life, maybe that was a long time ago and maybe it was 95% their fault, and 5% your fault. It doesn't really matter because the point that Jesus is getting at here, the point that he's trying to make is, is, did you do everything within your power to reconcile? Did you do everything within your power to humble yourself? And try to reconcile that relationship because when you do you break the power of pride in your life see as we humble ourselves what happens is and listen you're not going to be able to reconcile every relationship but you do everything possible when you do you're peeling off one more layer of pride and exposing your life to jesus even more and god says man i oppose the proud but i give grace to the humble. And what God does in that moment is He fills your life with more of His grace and more of His love and more of His power than you have ever experienced in life. Because for maybe one of the first times you're drawing closer to Him. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. And I know that that pride is, is a ride that all of us take a journey on probably every single day. It's not the most enjoyable ride. It looks good on the front end, but it always leads to destruction. It always leads to some crazy fall in our life. God, I pray for every single one of us because I know we all deal with it in some form, fashion, or manner here today. God, that we would recognize that we'd be willing and vigilant enough to go, God, what are the areas that you need to expose in my life? And that we would be humble enough to go to some close friends and go, hey, what do you see in my life that I don't currently see? And God, I pray that you would reveal yourself through your Holy Spirit in our prayers, through your people as we have conversation. And that God, as we begin to humble ourselves, that you would fill our life with your grace. That you would fill us with your grace.